0: Well, as we move to the scripture reading this morning, as I said, the rules have changed, and the rules changed even 2,000 years ago. You're going to hear fairly succinctly how I believe those rules have changed and what we need to be doing to follow them. And so as Jean reads, you're going to hear from the Apostle Paul, who in the midst of all this is giving, uh, really trying to inspire folks to move into this new direction. See if you can define as she reads what that new direction might be.
1: Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us, then, who are mature be of the same mind. And if you think differently about anything— This, too, God will reveal to you. Only let us hold fast to what we have attained. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. And the God of peace will be with you. Holy wisdom, holy word.
0: Thanks be to God. I move this chair because of what happened in this chair last Tuesday. Last Tuesday, late morning, a young woman showed up in the church. She found the door into the office and Wendy was there to meet her. She shared some of her story with Wendy. Wendy came to me and said, will you come and meet with her? I was just getting ready to go into a meeting and Rachel offered to go and sit with her. Rachel came into the sanctuary and the young woman was sitting literally in that chair right here. They shared some time and and in, in the midst of that I was able to bring in a cup of tea for her and we knew that Laura was on her way. And Laura was able to come in and Rachel, in a very seamless way, handed this young woman off to Laura. Laura, because of her clinical background, was able to ask the right questions and get the needed information for her, and we'll call her Rhonda today. Rhonda, it turns out, is a methamphetamine addict, clinically paranoid, and a prostitute. And notice I said that in present tense. Rhonda is a methamphetamine addict, clinically paranoid, and is a prostitute. What I want you to think about for just a second is what would have happened to Rhonda in the Old Testament church. Immediately, if she had self-revealed in that way, Rhonda would have been taken out to the edge of the city, beyond the gates, so that her blood would not be spilled on the sacred ground of Jerusalem. The elders of the community would gather around her and would stone her to death. To death. Because that's what the Bible said. That's what the Bible said. That's what the rules were at that time. So many rules, so many things, so much of which, if you look on the front of your bulletin this morning, you see those 10, the 10 that we talk about often. Ironically enough, if you read back in Exodus, when the 10 commandments are given, Moses goes up to the mountain, receives the 10, comes down, and already the people are breaking the rules. And so he throws the Ten Commandments, the tablets with those Ten Commandments, into the midst of this group, and half of them are killed. All of those who have already broken those rules. Notice, if you will, on those rules, that the first of the rules are around how God is to be viewed. And notice how God is elevated in such a way to be so far beyond a relationship that all we can do is be in fear of this power. And then there's this transitional one about honoring father and mother. By the way, how's that going for you? But then you have the next and the rest of them that are all about death in a community. All about death. Death of a marriage. Death of a relationship, whether in stealing or coveting. Death in so many ways. And how do most of them begin? Thou shalt not. Again, if Rhonda was living in that environment, Rhonda would today be dead. Dead. Here's my concern. I just want to give you three examples of places where that kind of judgmentalism and that kind of kind of mentality is taking place. There is a church not far from here, a very, very large church where women are not allowed to be in leadership. They are not allowed to be in the pulpit. They are not allowed to teach. They are not allowed to really even voice much. Why? Because that's what the Bible says and those are the rules. There is a different church not far from here, a very large, large church, where at a funeral not long ago, not six or seven months ago, the pastor talked about a two-year-old who had died, and thank God that she had accepted Jesus, because if she had not accepted Jesus, she would be in hell right now, because those are the rules, and that's what the Bible says. Even in the United Methodist Church, friends, we are on the cusp of a lot of different things right now, much of it having to do with issues around gays and lesbians. There are multiple United Methodist Churches throughout the country, even in this region, where if a pastor has done a gay wedding, that pastor will potentially lose his credentials or her credentials where gays and lesbians cannot, kind of like women in the other church that I talked about, cannot teach Sunday school, cannot be in leadership, cannot be in any positions where they will be in front of folks. Why? Because that's what the Bible says. And those are the rules. What I find interesting is I can't figure out what Gospels any of those folks are reading. I can't figure out how they could look at the same gospel we've been studying over the last eight months and get any of that from that gospel, from the words and actions of Jesus. But let me take a step back for a second and remind us that that gospel, the gospel of Matthew, was written in a time of incredible change, incredible shifting that's going on in, in that because Rome has come through and destroyed the temple and scattered it. The people, and those people have scattered to some of the smaller towns around that region and are trying to figure out now that God's dwelling place has been destroyed, what they now need to do to establish community. And what are they establishing the community around? And what they've had to do in the midst of that is rewrite the rules. And they go to the Apostle Paul, who is very forthright about what those rules need to be. But what's interesting is that they're no longer around the ten. They're now around something different. And going back to one particular phrase of Jesus, and it's not about thou shalt not anymore. But when Jesus was asked, what is the greatest of these commandments? He didn't use not language. He said, you shall. And the third word is the foundation of it all. It's a four-letter word. You shall love. You shall love God with all that you are, and you shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. Where this thing falls apart part is if you don't love yourself very well. Three elements, not of thou shalt not, not around death, but of you shall love. You shall love the Lord your God. You shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. Everything just shifted. How many times have I mentioned to us, Jesus' words about, you've heard it said. I mean, how many times has he said this in this gospel? Things like, you've heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. In other words, the old law says, you can take any kind of retribution you want against your neighbor as long as it's equal to the harm they did to you. Then he says, but now I tell you, Love your enemy and pray for those who do you harm or who persecute you. Paul then doesn't think that's far enough. And if you open up your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 13, right at the end of chapter 12, after he's talked about all these spiritual gifts and what it means to be the body of Christ, he goes into this phenomenal chapter. When he says, now I will show you a more excellent way. A more excellent way. The right way. And if you don't live this way, then you're just a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not boastful or arrogant. Or rude. Love is not delight in the wrongs others do against you. And he goes on and he he writes over and over. And we use these words of love in a wedding when in fact that's not at all what they were intended for. They were intended for us to be defined by these. But then it goes on, and there are at least 15 to 20 one another verses in the scripture. Things like, be humble and gentle with each other. Pray for each other. Spur one another on toward, here's that word again, love and good deeds. And you know what? Not in any place do I see you shall not. Throughout this, the new sets of rules are you shall, and it always begins with love joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, compassion, even self-control. You got to know that I believe that the Holy Spirit is still at work in the world. Rhonda could have found any place to come in, and maybe she did. We didn't hear whether she had been to other churches. She ended up here in that seat. If you want to know what my vision is for this church, because I keep hearing this about what is your vision for this church. I just defined it for you. That's my vision for the church, is that we become that alternative place where we are living these things out. And I'll tell you what's going to happen. Suddenly, this church is going to have folks like Rhonda coming more often. Are you okay with that? People are going to find this church not just because of what we're doing outside the doors, but because of what's here in this place. She walked in, and I remember looking in her eyes when I brought her that cup of tea. I have never in my career or in my life, even in gang work, in violence work, seen the level of fear and evil that I saw in her eyes. But I want to tell you, that look changed by the time she left here. And there was a sense of peace that was palpable that you could feel in this room. I want to be that alternative church. I don't want to be that alternative church somehow setting ourselves in a negative way against the other churches that are doing good work in this community. I just don't agree with their approach. I think the approach of any church has to begin with love. It has to begin with love. And out of that love grows those, that fruit of the Spirit. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, compassion, generosity, and self-control. But here's the other deal, friends. All of that falls apart if we don't hold God first. Jesus' greatest commandment is still as appropriate today as it was back then. It's that of a love of God and our own recognition that, that we fail at times, our own spiritual poverty, that this kind of thing can grow. But I believe the Holy Spirit brought Rhonda here into this place, into this sanctuary, into that seat. I can't wait to see how it unfolds for other folks like her who find their way here, not just to Hammond House or Sophia Way, but here, here to this church. That's where ministry happens. We're not going to let her go. Laura continuing to follow up with her and to check in on how she's doing. But here's the other piece of this. She couldn't go into a treatment center because she has no insurance. And we need to go to work on that too. We need to make sure that in this community there are other elements and other things available for folks like Rhonda. That's part of the work that we do as well. We need to make sure that there are follow-up opportunities for folks like her. And by the way, let me mention again, she was a meth addict, clinically paranoid, which is hell, and a prostitute. I don't know that hell can be defined any more clearly than those three things. Our role, friends, is to create the new rules. The new rules. To bring heaven and the peace of heaven earth for folks like Rhonda let me close with this thought there's not a person in this room even in the choir you holy beautiful group who doesn't have some work to do thank you for that halo who doesn't have some work to do on areas of life and that's the other thing we do for each other And by the way, I know this is a surprise, but we don't all agree on things. And whether the issue is homosexuality or being Republicans or Democrats or anything else, we we don't all agree on things. But the other dream I have for this church is that we become a place where we can have those discussions in a level of love and trust that may not be able to be found in other places. By the way, I don't agree with all of you. And if there's anything that I ever say where you want equal time, please come and let's offer that. This needs to be a place where whether it's politics or theology or religion or sexual orientation or anything, this needs to be a place that provides opportunities for discussion, that opens it to a community as a safe place, even in the midst of some of our cultural differences. This can be that place. Where all of that can unfold. That's my other dream for the church. This church. And we need to be praying for the greater church right now. Because so much of the greater church is going through all of this right now. This is not totally different from the time that we saw when these words were written. And my prayer is that may these words of love, of peace of humbleness may those words be that which define us in this time I'm going to leave this chair here as we prepare for communion because this chair this chair needs to be in the way it needs to be a little inconvenient for us Often that's what happens when we have to confront some of these issues. But let's live by the new rules. And let's move beyond the thou shalt nots. And let's redefine under that. Will you pray with me? God, as my hands are on the back of this chair, I pray for her today as I know the staff has been praying for her all week. One of my prayers is that she might find her way back here at some point and that we might continue to nurture and surround her. You did in your time as you ate with tax collectors and prostitutes. God, I continue to ask that you help us deepen our love for each other. Our actions with each other. And our actions not only beyond the doors of this place, but within the walls of this place. May we be a refuge. A sanctuary. A sanctuary. Not only for those like Rhonda... But like each of us. God, I thank you for sending her to us. Help us continue to take it on as we prepare now for communion. All this we ask in Christ's name. Amen.